everyone. This is Dr. Ron. Yes, I am the host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. And yes, for the past 15 minutes, Dr. Wong and I have been having communication problems, but we're going to get the show done anyway. So thank you for listening, and I do welcome you all with an attitude of gratitude. And uh, this is a continuation of a series I have in mind that uh, hopefully will educate you to be the CEO of your own body and consider a naturopathic medicine in addition to your allopathic uh, medic, medical care and why? Well, because, you know, we want to all live longer. We want to die young at an old age. And we spend globally $4 billion on trying to live longer. We try everything. but we, And mainly it's a pill for an ill rather than exercise, lifestyle, and so forth. So last week we talked about the Flexner Report. We talked about Rockefeller. We talked about Carnegie. And we talked about how medical schools fell victim to the Flexner Report and how we started to become a, uh, a medical system for a pill for every ill controlled by the petrochemical companies. Medical schools started to decrease. You realize in the 19th century there were 400 United States medical schools. By 1910, just uh, 148. And by 1930, 76. And we all came under the umbrella of the petrochemical big pharmaceutical industry. And you know what? Medical errors are the third leading cause of death, ladies and gentlemen. And your doctor, I'm sorry to say, doesn't always know best. And I do realize the insurance industry doesn't cover naturopathic approaches to health. I do realize big pharma controls direct to consumer drug advertising. And that physicians and healthcare providers are giving all kinds of honoraria. That means money and financial support, and we all know the pharmaceutical company has an intense lobbying industry, a sickness industry that kills an enormous amount of people every year. So ultimately, our take-home message here is that even if a drug or treatment is backed by science, that does not guarantee that it's safe or effective. And we've talked about the new science. It's really scientism. It's Scientology. It's, even, it's fake. Likewise, if an alternative treatment has not been published in a medical journal, it does not mean it is not safe. It does not mean that it is not effective. The, the system of modern medicine, dear people, undervalues and flat out ignores the influence of diet and lifestyle factors. You know, we don't talk enough about quality sleep, time-restricted eating, exposure to the sun, and the electromagnetic fields, which are toxins and poisons. And I don't have the number in front of me right now, but we, we take 14 prescriptions for every man, woman, and child in the United States. Now, if that isn't a legal drug addiction, addiction I don't know. I would look up something. There are 560 million Big Macs sold. That's only two for every American in the country. Well, we, we take 14 prescriptions per American. Okay. So along these lines, and to give us an education and to talk about uh, even about chiropractic, and we can get into the alphabet soup of the FDA and so forth, but I want to introduce one of our most uh, favorite guests, I would say, 
Uh, and I met him because I was watching him being interviewed for a Spooky 2 many years ago. And I want to do, introduce uh, Dr. William Wong uh, into this program. He's a classical naturopath. He's a Ph.D. exercise physiologist. He's a certified athletic trainer. He's an old right Catholic priest. He's a member of the World Sports Medicine Hall of Fame. And I consider him a friend. And he's a, a health and fitness consultant. He's, he's written uh, lots of articles, and he'll tell you about them. He has his own podcast. He has his own uh, supplement company. Uh, and I will admit that I take uh, uh, two of his products every day, which is Zymessence and Zinc Phytrate. And uh, so there's my family, and so do all my friends, and I know a lot of my listeners. So without further ado, uh, because he, we've, we've kept him waiting for a long time, Dr. William Wong, good, good, after, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thank you for having me on board. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure, and I'm, I do apologize uh, for the inconvenience of uh, Blog Talk Radio. I'm sorry about oh, that. but Not to worry. We will Electronic glitches happen all the time. Oh, God, it's, it's so frustrating. You know, it is really frustrating. It's like getting in the ring ready to fight, and, and the guy, you know, he bails out on you. You know, it just, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Although I will tell you, because you're, you're, you're a pugilist, I, I thank God for boxing. When I used to box for the police athletically, they used to, the police used to get us hoodlums off the street of South Philly. I really got my butt kicked, and, and Mr. May said, hey, kid. You punch your back has arms on it today, doesn't it? So, you know, sometimes you do get the puncher back didn't hit back at the gym. Uh, but anyway, you, you know where we're going. I, I've talked about the, med, uh, the, the medical industry, and it is an industry. It's, it's really yeah. a, a, a religion. And I happened to come across this morning uh, before I went out the walking about, you know, the, the – Merck Manual started in the late 1900s, and it was all, all, all natural therapy. And then I read, in preparing for you today, that natural medicine is the basis for the vast majority of our blockbuster pharmaceutical products. Yeah. I couldn't believe it, 63% of them. But, of course, now they can be patented because they put petrochemicals in there, so... Anyway, let me let me let me hear what you have to say about this. But I do. I'm sorry. I got one more thing. I did a I did a show on size matters, uh-huh. and it was fantastic. But I was talking about telomeres. But I was thinking when you were coming on today, you know, muscle mass matters. Yeah. That muscle size matters for especially right. for longevity, right? So there's so many. Uh, you've influenced me so much, so I do appreciate it. And oh, go you're ahead. Very well. What do you got to say? <laughs> you know. In terms, of muscle, yeah, <clears throat> in terms of muscle mass, the it's probably the single most important survival uh, thing that seniors can endeavor to build. Because without muscle mass, you, you, you can't do anything from uh, get up out of a chair to, to open a jar to save yourself in case of an emergency. Also, you know, women are so concerned about taking their osteoporosis medicines and stuff, and most of those medicines will actually cause osteoporosis. Uh, One of them causes death of the jawbone, and all the teeth fall out. And at best, when they work, which they often don't, they get a, uh, 
a gal can get a 2 to 3% increase in bone density, whereas if she weight trained and added more muscle to her bones, she would increase bone density 11 to 15% a year. That's a heck of a lot more than 2 to 3%, and you're not killing your jaw and losing your teeth to do it. We, the, the way that, that, that uh, uh, Tabor's Medical Dictionary has Wolf's Law defined actually obfuscates. It, the, the definition was meant to hide the actual intent of Wolf's Law. Wolf's Law states that mineralization is laid into bones along axial lines of stress. That's the actual true definition of Wolf's Law, not the way Tabor's has it which is, uh, uh, I think they, they say that, that uh, weight-bearing weight uh, increases bone density. How are you going to do weight-bearing for your upper extremity? A gal with, 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 with bone loss from her waist up, especially in her arms, she can't open a pickle jar. Is she going to walk on her hands to do weight-bearing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> walk on your hands for a mile. You'll, you'll do just fine. Yep. <laughs> So we need to we need to get into the gym. We need to increase our muscle mass, especially now here. Here's something that most folks don't know. Between 50 and 60, we lose 10% muscle mass a year. Until by the time you hit 60, most folks are at bare bones minimum muscle mass to move themselves around. You basically turned into a skeleton with skin. Now that's also one of the reasons why folks, especially gals, Get that saggy, baggy, hanging skin. You lost your muscle mass, so you also lost the fascia that attached the skin to the muscle that held your skin up and kept it tight and pretty looking. So now you just look like a skin bag. Your skin's hanging off your skeleton, and it's not very attractive. So if you want to reverse that, you add the muscle, and the muscle will rebuild the connective tissue, the fascia, to the skin and tighten your skin up again. That's really good advice. And we have talked about that, uh, Dr. Wong, and the various the uh, tests that they do, uh, which were basically invented to sell drugs. Yes, exactly. The DEXA scan, they really are not that accurate. Uh, but in keeping with, with what we want to try and accomplish here, I mean, that, that, that's great advice because, you know, we want to live longer. But we don't want to just live like a vegetable. We want to live longer and be vital and younger. Exactly. So, uh, and this is something, uh, again, I want to point out to our listeners, they, don't, they won't get from their allopathic doctor. Uh, I accompany quite a few of these senior citizens in my community to their doctor's uh, appointments, and it's mainly the, the physician uh, ordering a lot of tests, looking at his laptop, and saying, keep taking the same medication. They don't talk about this. Well, really they important. don't get paid by the gyms to talk about it. They get right. they There's get no... kickbacks from the labs to order to, to order all sorts of tests. You know, they get kickback kickbacks for writing for writing the scripts, but they don't get any kickbacks for for sending someone to the gym. Not at all. And I, I pointed out last week. I, it's, it's just a mind-boggling number. 85% of allopathic physicians are employed. So they are beholding to their employer for most of the decisions that they make. Bingo. And how many people they have to see in an hour. Mm-hmm. 
85%. Yeah. So taking that into account that you're not going to get this type of information, how would a naturopathic physician approach health? Because health is, is, is more than, uh, you know, just you feel good because you've got a lot of medications in your system, but you need to know, <laughs> yeah. I I'm taking 10 drugs. So I feel great. Yeah, you don't have high blood pressure or a runny nose. You're okay. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, my bowels move. (laughs) Oh, but but normal is one to three times a week. What? (laughs) I've heard allopaths say that. I I went through the roof. You know, I will remind folks, let's let's touch on bowel movements for a second because it's it's really sure. important to seniors, and seniors have trouble with bowel movements. Elvis and John Wayne both died with 50 pounds of poop in their intestines. <laughs> yep. You, know, you, you really don't want to just go one to three times a week. Uh, think, think of it as mass in and mass out. Uh, we digest food between 50 to 75%, which means that of the volume of food that you take in, you have... 25 to 50% of that volume to get out. <clears throat> Most folks think that, oh, I'm taking fiber, I'm fine. You know, if, you have, if you're taking in a lot of fiber and, you're not, and you don't have the bowel moisture to wet that fiber down, all you're doing is creating concrete. We have, a, a, a <laughs> there was even one, one very famous gal doc who shall remain nameless because I don't want to embarrass her, who had her own fiber product, and it constipated her. And she couldn't understand it. And, you know, the trick is magnesium. Magnesium is the mineral that governs, governs. Remember the word governs, bowel moisture. If you don't have enough magnesium floating around in your system, then your bowels won't have the moisture they need to soften up your poop so you can get it out so your poop turns into concrete and packs onto your colon wall and stays there for a good while. We don't want to be like John Wayne and Elvis. We mostly need somewhere. Now, let me, let me, let me backpedal a bit. <clears throat> the U.S. RDA for magnesium is 400 milligrams a day. Now, we know that the RDA was designed to keep people sick and nutrient deficient. They just lowered all the numbers in the RDA about a year ago to make people even more sick and more nutrient deficient. So if 400 is the minimum number that you should get, as stated by the RDA, most of us need between 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams of magnesium in our diet or in our supplements a day. You basically take in magnesium until you have nice, easy bowel movements, and that's the dose you need to stay at. It's that simple. really is that simple. I have taken folks with lifelong constipation, between 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams of magnesium, and they never have another constipated day in their lives. That's too easy. Yeah, it, it is, and it's cheap. You know, honestly, you could buy my magnesium, which I think is 
is, is, is a magnesium ascorbate. It's really a super absorbable mag. But since I'm not here to hawk my wares, you could also go to the store, buy a bottle of magnesium citrate laxative. The, the, the clear stuff tastes like lemony 7-Up. The red stuff tastes like cherry soda. The purple stuff, of course, is grape. And take one tablespoon twice a day and get 1,745 milligrams of magnesium citrate in two tablespoons, and you'll never be constipated again. Too easy and too cheap, and it's amazing that it's still available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is, actually. All right. So so if, you, if you're seeing a client, a patient, uh, whatever you want to uh, call this person is coming to you for health advice, what would be your approach versus an allopathic medica- medical approach? Well, first we, we try to find the root causes of the things that are ailing the patient. Naturopaths don't, don't treat symptoms. They, they, they try to find causes the symptoms. So in treating high blood pressure, for example, we uh, don't write out a script for uh, uh, something, either a, a diuretic or a beta blocker or whatever else. We try to see whether it's the peripheral vascular resistance causing a high blood pressure or something wrong with the kidney causing the high blood pressure. And then we treat those things to see if we could lower blood pressure. For example, had a client who was a floor trader on the New York Stock Exchange. His blood pressure was 200 and something over 100 and change. All the time. He was an ex-Marine DI, so you, can, you know the intensity this fellow had. And he was an ex-Marine DI back when Marine DIs were real DIs. Yeah back before they, 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 they lowered all the standards now. We determined that his problem wasn't from his kidneys. All of his kidney tests were fine, but from restricted circulation. So we got him on a, a, a strength training program, which many doctors, many allopaths would think would be contrary to what you need because in holding your breath and in forcing out the repetitions and stuff in strength training, you actually boost your blood pressure temporarily. But he went through the program, and in six weeks, his blood pressure was dead normal, 120 over 70. Because he had built miles and miles and miles of new blood vessels, and just like opening all the water taps in your house, the pressure in the kitchen tap goes down. And that's kind of how we look at things we look to find root causes for the things that ail our patients and settle those root causes. Now, sometimes naturopaths do prescribe uh, allopathic med- medications when there's no other thing that they can do. When you've, you, you've tried this and you've tried that and you've done this and you've done that and nothing works, okay, we'll write out a script for an allopathic med. But that's not usual, and it's not very common. Uh, for most things, now, there are exceptions. There are glaring exceptions. But for most things, we have either herbal or homeopathic or some sort of a nutritional concoction that will help the patient through whatever is ailing them. 
And would you agree that, uh, and what term do you like? Do you like naturopath, holistic, complementary, or do you have a, a, a particular term you'd like to no, call this you don't field? Know, no, uh, holistic used to be spelled with an H, like there's a hole in something. And I was one of the first people to start uh, writing the, the term holistic with a W, as in all-inclusive, whole, W-H-O-L-E. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the, the spell checkers, and the proofreaders in, in uh, magazine articles kept on tagging me for that and changing the spelling. And when I threatened to rip their leg off and beat them to death with it, they stopped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So would you agree then that you're this field of natural, natural medicine, natural, natural, nat, naturopathy uh, would be more inclined to talk about nightshade vegetables, about turmeric, about yes, uh, right. I mean, they compared to your normal family medical doctor who's used to ordering a million tests, and then giving you something that 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 will cause some sort of a side effect that he'll have to write another prescription for, and that'll cause another side effect that'll cause another prescription. So hey, he's just tagging on the scripts. Yeah, well, you, you 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 really broke the code. You broke the code. <laughs> they're not they're not focused on cure. They are only no. treating the symptoms, and that's what yeah. I want our, my listeners to, to learn. They're just putting a bandaid on it, and what does that do? It, it guarantees yeah. them you're a customer. Right. Exactly. You know, the, the, we all and, and nature paths suffer a lot curing people and not getting them back as patients. Uh, <laughs> You know, we, 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 we all survive on office visits. Every doctor who's got his own practice, not some hospitalist somewhere just sitting around waiting for a patient to come in. Every doctor who's got his own practice lives off of office visits. It's what pays the, pays the rent, you know, uh, puts food on the table, and whatever else. Nature paths really have to work for their office visits. We need to have a constant resupply of patients because – Basically, we heal them, and once they're healed, they're gone. So we need someone else to replace them, whereas allopaths have the same patients coming back over and over and over again because they keep on making them sicker, and they keep on writing more, more scripts for them. So, you know, the, 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 oh, doc, I, I, you know, I've, got, I've got this symptom and that symptom and that symptom, and that's caused by the high blood pressure medication or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and, and so the, 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 it, it, it just can continues on i wish i wish nature Pathic had a had a hook like that because sometimes we starve for patients exactly exactly you know and, and you know we have much money dr dr wong have we spent on a cure for cancer we're we're you know the 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 drug industry is no closer today than they were when nixon started this war on cancer and now i read none other then Rockefeller, in 1913, started the American Cancer Society. It's all... <laughs> guaranteed right? you're I not going to cure. Absolutely. They want you for as long <laughs> as you're living, as long as you're breathing. 52% well, of the entire U.S. medical industry's income, 52% comes from treating cancer. Are they going to give that up? Wow. Wow. 52%. 52%. I was in a town... I, I briefly stayed in a town in uh, North Carolina. I forgot oh, what was the name of the town. 
I hated this place so much I've I made myself forget it. <laughs> Uh, it, it was like like the dioxin capital of North Carolina. Now, no, mind you, if, if if the North Carolina EPA admitted to what the dioxin levels were, they'd have to send, they'd have to evacuate the entire state because from from the wood industry and the paper industry, the entire state is so chock full of dioxin that when they burn leaves in the wintertime, if, if, in the fall, it releases a ton of this stuff. Ah, <clears> but the uh, uh the <clears throat> in this one town statesville that's that's it statesville their their hospital had a cancer wing their cancer wing was bigger than the regular hospital there were more on just more cancer doctors in the town of statesville north carolina than there were in the city of phoenix arizona a town of 55,000 people had more oncologists than a city of three million, figure that one out. Wow, jeez. Oh, good old, good old. Uh, <laughs> uh, and no wonder. I, I, I don't know why you stayed. <laughs> uh, that's that a long story. <laughs> I'll tell you about one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I again, again, that's a, I want to get the, our listeners to have a. Uh, feel for what what's really out there and what's really going on. You know, a pill for an ill, to cure, to treat a symptom, not the cause. And maybe I wasn't planning on the Dr. Wong, but maybe we could just talk a little bit about. You know, I I, I hear people say, "Oh, I got a new doctor." I say, "What's so good? You know, you like him? Oh, yeah, he's great. He ordered a PET scan, a CAT scan, an MRI. He they took so much blood out of me. They gave me a donut." <laughs> Yeah, and then they said, everything is fine. I said, can I see your tests? Well, they were not fine because I think you would agree with me that there's a normal range and an optimal range. Right. And the blood work that comes back from your allopathic doctor is based on a sick population, a 95% curve. Bingo. Where there's really a, a better better, better uh, <laughs> curve for, for health. Yeah. Uh, are you? Can you? Can you talk about these reference ranges and what's yeah. normal and optimal? The, the the the. I have a saying that folks are kind of surprised when I blurt it out. That normal for your age is the road to decrepitude and death. Because if we're normal for our age, then we're aging badly, just like everyone else is. <laughs> We don't want to be freaking normal for our age. We want to be normal for 18, 20 year old, a healthy 18, 20 year old from the 1950s or 60s, not the 18, 20 year olds now with half the testosterone and a quarter of the sperm count <laughs> that, that folks used to have. We look at our blood values when we look at the results of urine tests, when we look at the, all, the results of hormone tests. The last thing in the world you want to be is normal for your age. Because you're aging and you're sickly just like everyone else in your age group is. Do you want to be like that? Or would you rather be Superman? I'd rather be Superman, honestly. I'd rather be out there flying with my cape looking for Lois Lane, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that, and that, and that's what your doctor, when 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 him or or her and the PA, the physician assistant or the nurse assistant, 
they look at this range, like say vitamin D on the top of my head. Mm. The, their normal range could be 20 to 90. And if it's 25, they're going to call you and say, oh, your blood tests are normal. But I'm thinking that an, uh, a holistic naturopathic position will say, you know what, it's in the old range, but it, to be optimal, to keep you from getting the flu and to be healthy, to be able to make other, other hormones, your vitamin D level should be 50, 60, 70, 80. Right. And, of course, one of your newsletters even indicated that maybe it should be higher, but at least you're going to get a better reading for optimal health, not for a normal decrepit person. Yeah. Yes, ab- absolutely. I shocked a few people once by saying that, uh, especially in thyroid tests, low normal ain't normal. Yeah. Low normal is a dysfunction, and you'd better get it higher. In, you know, in anti-aging, uh, one of the great granddaddies of anti-aging, and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember who this physician's name is. Uh, he's passed on now. But he said that everyone over 55 needs to be on thyroxine, whether the armor or the level of thyroxine. He didn't care, but everyone over 55 needed to be on thyroxine to have the thyroxine level that they had back at, a, at 18. And he was absolutely right. If you take a look at an 18-year-old's thyroxine level, and then you take a look at a senior's thyroxine level and compare the two, holy cow, you're barely awake and alive. You've got no metabolism left. No wonder you're fat. No wonder you can't get rid of the body fat. No wonder you exercise and nothing happens. Now, couple, <clears throat> couple a low thyroid with, with a low testosterone, and you do have a weight problem. You've got a weight problem you can't help. No matter what you try to do, and you're going to be too exhausted to do anything for real. But no matter what you try to do, you're not going to lose the weight and you're not going to pack on the muscle. We need to put the, the thyroxine back. We need to put the testosterone back. Or if you're still young enough, help the body make its own more testosterone. Uh, but that only works to a certain age. It doesn't work past 60. Past 60, you've got to put it in exogenously uh, to get back to that 18-year-old level. But in all of our tests, we should strive for the healthy, strong readings at the top of the range, the range for an 18-year-old, and not the range for a 60, 70, 80, 90-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, we want to, be, uh, we want to have the, the blood tests and the stamina mm-hmm. of a, a 30-year-old, not a, like, like me. I'm, I'm in my mid-80s. I, 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 I follow Dr. Wong's advice. Uh, and people say, oh, you're taking testosterone. I admit it. But I do it for a reason, and I'm monitored. And uh, I keep all my blood tests, including thyroid. And I do take thyroid because uh, of experiences I had when I was in the service with radiation. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just great advice. Uh, and, 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 you know, what my, 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 my problem is, though, you know, you cannot go to a medical practice and get these type of questions answered by by the the, the team because you you know sometimes you don't even get to see a physician who spends eleven thousand to fourteen thousand hours of training you get to see a PA who whose average amount of training is six hundred hours and you don't they, that PA doesn't even understand the conversation you just had with our listeners <laughs> they don't understand it yeah. 
What do you mean it's not normal? It's normal. It's right here on the paper. Right. So what the heck do these, what, what, what do our listeners do? What do they do? You can't fix something that's so permanently broken like that system. We're going to have to completely re, rebuild it. I actually envision a day after we get to rebuild the world, which hopefully will happen soon, when we'll combine all the facets of medicine, natural, allopathic, manipulative, together, the way they used to be back in the old days before Rockefeller and his crew started monkeying with things. <clears throat> when a, a physician had the, the, the knowledge and the, the armamentum to pick from this, that, or the other thing, depending on what was best for the patient, not what was going to give him a kickback back from CPS, what was going to get him a, 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 a couple of tickets to Aruba from Pfizer, or not what the dictates of the uh, practice management company are telling him they need to do. We need to get back to a one-to-one -one relationship with patients. When I was a kid, went to a doctor, went to see him, consult was over, I reached into my pocket, pulled out 7 to 14 bucks, and I paid him. That was it. And, you know, the, the, we need to get back to those days when medicine was a one-to-one -one relationship with your physician. And he really cared about what you were going through. Caring physicians are so rare. You know, I've met a few Chinese docs who came here to live in the States, and they have one major complaint that none of the American docs they've met care a rat's ass about their patients. They're in it for the money, or they're in it for the prestige, or they're in it because their mothers wanted them to be doctors, but not because they want to do good for the patient, not because they care about alleviating the suffering of, of, of humanity. There are a few of those, but they're very rare in the United States anyway. And if they are altruistic and have that uh, and get hooked up with a team and become an employee, uh, they do get beat up because they either yep. they want to work or they don't. And I, 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 you and I both know that there is a cure for COVID, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, along with supplements, but doctors lost their license because they prescribed these. Right. They wanted, they wanted to help the person. They wanted to help their patient. But you know, Phony Fauci and the group made sure that they, right. this wasn't going to happen. So mm -hmm. you're right. It, it, it has to be, we have to start from, from the bottom up. We either have to so, save lives or feed the system. We have to refuse right. to feed the system. And, and the young people out there, God bless them if they had, they start out. Uh, but I don't see, and I have talked to medical students at my uh, university, and I, I tongue-in-cheek at one point said, you should have become dentists or veterinarians. You would have more compassion and more leeway, which you can do for your patient. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. I had... 
a beginning lecture in uh, when I taught in naturopathic school. <clears throat> naturopathic has always held within it the seed of its own destruction. And part of the problem in naturopathic is that we get too many uh, students who want to be allopathic in their in their practice, who really are in it for the prestige, the title, and the money, and not in it because their hearts are into healing people. So I would walk into the first day of introduction to uh, physical medicine and orthopedics, and I'd look at the class, and I'd say, if your mother ever wanted you to be a doctor, you don't belong here. If you're in naturopathic, studying naturopathic, to be a title, uh, to be titled doctor, because you want the prestige, you really don't freaking belong here. The profession is screwed up enough as it is, leave now. And n nobody left. But by the glaring of the eyes from the students, I could tell who was there for the wrong reasons. And it was always about 50% of the class. You know, again, you and I aren't going to solve this problem today. So I need you, and I would ask you, Let's let's talk about two things before we wrap this one up, and I'm going to impose upon you uh, after the show to come up with a date that we can continue this conversation. Sure. But there are some beverages that are demonized that you and I both like, and we I think you and I did a program on coffee and beer. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's also wine, and there's nuts, <clears throat> berries. Uh, let me. Uh, used your uh, expertise and talk a little bit about some beverages that are demonized but actually are important for mental and physical health. And I've had, to, since we've been on the show here, I got some emails from friends of mine here at the village that want you to talk a little bit about Zymeses. And one in particular, a guy named Frank, I played bocce with him this morning. He went to talk, uh, uh, he, he's been diagnosed with the primary pulmonary uh, fibrosis. And maybe you could touch a little bit on that in, during this segment. Sure. Dr. John White, the late Dr. John White, who is a physician, a pulmonologist in uh, Winston-Salem, was the first doctor to discover that systemic enzymes lysed away at pulmonary fibrosis. He had a patient who had fallen into a pit of radioactive iodine at, at Oak Ridge, Tennessee in the 1940s. Back then, they, 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 they would take all the waste material from the nuclear reactor and just dump it into a hole. Hmm. The kid that fell into the pit with him died in three days. He miraculously survived, but always had fib fibrosis issues uh, restricting his movement and whatever else, but especially in his lungs. Now, Dr. White gave this patient... Uh, systemic enzymes for the inflammation in his joints. His arthritis was so bad from the radiation ex exposure. A month later, the patient walks in to the doctor's office and uh, says, I got a story to tell you, doc. He gave me those pills and uh, about a week after taking them, Instead of going upstairs one step at a time, where it took me 15 minutes to get up to my bedroom, I did it all in one fell swoop. And walking out to the mailbox wasn't a chore anymore. I walked a mile around the neighborhood. And, and, and what I'm actually here for is a prescription for Viagra. 
because he wanted to have sex with his wife again. Wow. So the, 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 the systemic enzymes work very, very, very quickly on PF patients to the point where of the, uh, I must have communicated and spoken directly to a few hundred, if not a few thousand PF patients since, nine, since 04 when, when, when Dr. White discovered this. And of those, let's say, 1,000 patients, only four of them did not have a positive effect from the systemic enzymes. Four out of 1,000 or more, actually. And uh, the patients who did very well with the systemic enzymes actually got their PF diagnosis reversed. X-rays couldn't find the PF. Their, their, their vital capacity and uh, uh, all the other tests, their SAO2s were great. But the patients who, who said, okay, I'm cured, and stopped taking the enzymes, within 12 to 16 months, they got the PF back. Because it really wasn't a cure. Didn't cure them permanently. It just ate away what they had. And when they stopped taking it, more more grew back. But, so the... the the, the patients that didn't stop taking the enzymes never had a return of the PF. So my advice to folks taking the zymescence for any kind of pulmonary fibrosis or COPD or what, 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 what we used to call emphysema is to take two capsules three times a day for, let's say, one to three months, however long it takes for you to increase your SAO2 and greatly increase your vital capacity on your respiratory tests. And once you're there, then back off the dose to one capsule three times a day and stay there forever to keep it from growing back. Also, lung tissue regenerates at the rate of, uh, basically, you've got a new set of lungs every seven years. And since the primary mineral building block for epithelial tissue, which the lungs are a part of epithelial epithelial tissue is zinc, I suggest that PF patients also take our zinc citrate to help provide the building block to help rebuild your lungs. If you've got seven years, it will be a big, big, big help. I had a respiratory patient once yelling at the respiratory therapist in the hospital where I was working at, and he had one half of one lung left. This guy was a was a was a was a restaurateur from Iowa, and he's yelling at my RT, going, "So what kind of cigarettes can I smoke?" And I walked up to the guy. I, I moved the RT aside. She, she she was very upset with this guy. I moved the guy uh, the RT aside, and I said to the patient, "You know, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is, every seven years, you grow a new set of lungs. The bad news is." You haven't got seven years. And I turned and walked away. <laughs> and I didn't let that guy in my office again. If we've got the time, we can work on the lungs and we can really help them. That's great advice. And that, that, that's, uh, I, knew, I knew the Zymesis was, uh, was uh, anti-fibrotic, but I didn't realize that, that there were that many people that have tried it. That is incredible. Yeah. 
because that is a you know as we'll talk about at at our at, at our next meeting. I mean, uh, I think the systemic enzyme is the basis uh, for anyone that that wants to have a anti-aging uh, program in their. Uh, and I think cytomedicine has to be an integral part of that without 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 hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and and you could tell our listeners that you know you you stop making it when you're young, right? Uh, twenty-seven. We 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 wow. we, that... we 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 make a ton of our own uh, proteolytic enzymes, and then when we hit twenty-seven, it be, uh, our body realizes that it keeps up the rate of use that we'd be dead by forty because the, when you make your last drop of proteolytic, proteolytic enzyme, it's involved with so many different physiologic functions because it's a biocatalyst. It's a without the without without the enzymes. Uh, Chemical reactions would be so slow, it would take you half an, half an hour to bend your elbow in a curl and 15 minutes to bat your eyelid. Wow. Well, you know what? While we're on it, let's just – one more thing that I hear and that I, I fight all the time. Well, I, I take uh, those digestive enzymes. Aren't, that the, aren't they the same thing, Doc? <laughs> no. They, <laughs> they, 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 you know, the, the, the names might, might be the same, but the potencies – and the availability for absorption is way different. Digestive enzymes are usually fairly weak. For example, one of my zymescents can digest 12 to 16 Thanksgiving or Christmas dinners. One capsule. <laughs> so it takes one twelfth to one sixteenth of the enzymatic ability of one capsule of my zymescents to digest Thanksgiving. So if you're taking a digestive enzyme, that's meant to digest a meal, and, you know, usually you take one or two per, per meal. How many of those you got to take to, <laughs> you know, equal the same enzymatic activity? But also, uh, the enzymes get destroyed in stomach acid. And if you don't protect them from heat and acid by enterically coating either the capsule or the powder, then the enzymes will die and you won't have any enzymatic activity at all because enzymes aren't absorbed until they get to the, to the small intestine, the duodenum of the small intestine. And unless they can survive to get to the duodenum and the small intestine, you, you won't get any action out of them. Okay, folks, you guys, there's a lot of information in this podcast. I know we had a little rough start, but I want to finish on a high note. Moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee are linked to a living, uh, linked to living a longer life. Quote from the Amen. University of California, Irving. Right. There, and I, I want to read that again because there was no, I didn't, I didn't make any mistakes. University of California, Irvine has revealed that the consumption of moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee is linked to living a longer life. Now I will say, I think in my estimation, the key word is moderate. What's your thoughts, Doc? The Hawaiian Men's Health Survey, which was one of the largest health surveys ever done on guys, uh, started in 1973 with 9,000 Hawaiian men. And they still have some members left, actually. Found in the late 1990s that the coffee drinkers uh, – lived about 10 years longer than the non-coffee drinkers. The non-coffee drinkers expired somewhere around their 60s. The non-coffee drinkers usually lived to their 70s and beyond. But more importantly, 
Alzheimer's began to set in in the non-coffee drinkers in their 60s, whereas Alzheimer's and dementia, if it hit, hit the coffee drinkers in their late 70s, but hardly happened at all. Because coffee is better than ginkgo at getting oxygen up to your brain and at activating certain neurotransmitters. For every study you find that says that coffee increases heart inflammation, you'll find a study that says that coffee doesn't increase heart inflammation and is actually actually cardioprotective. So here we have a, a, a bunch of folks. We have to take a look at the anti-coffee drinkers. They're usually vegans. They're usually radical vegans. Uh, and they have an agenda. They really do. And their studies might not hold up to scrutiny. That, that, you know, we've talked about that. We've talked about the vegans. It's more of a religion than a science. Amen. And, uh, you know, and the science will back up the coffee and the alcohol and the beer. And it's what our, our, our listeners to know. You know, you just, you, we all want to live longer. We, we don't have to live uh, like a monk, okay? Or we, we can live life. And socialization is part of the centenarians' agenda, and it trumps obesity and smoking, believe it or not, socialization. So, you know, don't worry about uh, your alcohol, but moderation is the key. And one other thing, there have been no deaths from vitamin supplements. The third, I want to tell you about the 37th annual report from the American Association of Poison Control Centers shows zero deaths from any vitamin and there are no bodies, ladies and gentlemen. So Dr. Wong's industry, the supplement industry is under attack, but for your own edification, okay? There were no fatalities from amino acids, creatine, blue, I'm reading from the book, blue-green algae, glucosamine, chondroitin, no deaths from any homeopathic remedy, Asian medicine, Hispanic medicine, none. No deaths from herbs. On page 1508, there was a single death attributed to an unspecified other ingredient. What the heck is that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, Jesus. All right. So there are, you know, I, my, my, my question is if people are dying from supplements and they are so dangerous, where are the bodies? Yeah. And the, and the diatribe. So, uh, Again, please uh, think for yourself. Critical thinking is is just just what you're going to need to survive. And we we saw this with the COVID scamdemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you did not have critical thinking, if you had confirmational bias, if you only read the things that made you comfortable, that you agreed with, uh, you're you're in trouble. Okay, you have to be. You know, not so demonizing to people that disagree with us, and we have to, we have to to have dialogue, just like Dr. Wong said. You know, there's there's a nice marriage between allopathic and naturopathic medicine. You know, if I'm involved in a motorcycle accident, I want to go to a trauma center. I want the best anesthesia. I want the best hands, the best uh, to get put me back together. Yeah, if I need a certain type of surgery, I do want to do that. But when it comes to uh, symptoms. 
before I start on a lifelong journey of taking drugs, I want to have another opinion. I want you to listen to, sh- to shows like Dr. Wong, Dr. William Wong. I want you to listen to this show, Dr. Wong, Dr. Ron, Unfiltered, Uncensored, and other podcasts that promote critical thinking. I don't sell anything on, on Dr. Ron's. I don't, I don't, I'm not beholding to anybody, but I try and be beholding to the truth. So um, any, any closing comments, Dr. Wong? You know, you hit the nail on the head. We need to have a healthy and wise mix of the various types of medicines because there are times when we need drugs and surgery. And there are times, especially for long-term chronic conditions, when the natural treatments work better. There are times when we need to have our bones put back in because they're not exactly dislocated, but they're not exactly in place either and creating pain and dysfunction. So we need to put together all the various types of healing, not reject anyone offhand, either the way the severe, you know, allopath believers do or the way the vegans do on the other side. We need to have a balance that fits the ability to uh, have the longest, strongest, healthiest life. Long, you know, long life can be a curse if you're disabled, sick, and, 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 and can't get out and do anything. Like you said, socialization is a key to being healthy. Going out and enjoying yourself. You know, one of the last things, a a very wise old woman told me once that one of the last pleasures we have is to taste. When you can't have sex anymore, when you can't run around and and do do fun things anymore because your body is slowing down, the last enjoyment you have, taste. Mm -hmm. So sitting down with family, sitting down with friends, having a really great meal, followed by a couple of drinks of alcohol and some coffee, what can be better than that? And that's what we need to focus on, being able to get there in the healthiest, strongest way possible. Okay, well said, Dr. Wong. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, we had some technical issues early on, but we, get, we, got, we, we did pack in a lot of information thanks to Dr. Wong, and I do want to thank him again. And uh, just so he knows, I will be in touch with you so we can schedule another uh, meeting and podcast for our listeners. We want to educate them so they they get that other point of view that they don't get 24-7 watching the television. And and 25% of the seniors, that's, that's how they get all their education, by the uh, drug ads. And we have, to, we have to cut into that a little bit. So I want to thank all of our listeners. I want to thank Dr. Wong. I want to thank Freddie Cooper, who wrote this closing number for me. He was a Freddie played with B.B. King. He's become a good friend. And uh, uh, Dr. Wong, as I said, thank you so much. I, you You're know, very I, welcome. I don't thank know you for having me on board. <laughs> and I'll get this put on. Uh, this, this podcast will be on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify, iTunes Radio, iHeart Radio, Google Podcasts. It's on uh, FM.podcast. I mean, just about everything but uh, Pandora. Uh, you can put the name of the pod. It's even on Alexa. So Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. I want to thank you for listening. And uh, 
let's uh, make sure we have Dr. Wong back again. So thank you, sir, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man has to say. If it's all about good health, the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house, doctor is in the house, doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house, the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. If you have a strain, call the doctor. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. See you next week. Hey, everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day.